Black Box Radio. We're in studio. We have Miss Joints, Miss Alicia. So, Miss Alicia, you have a program called Beauty Beautiful Butterflies, right? Yes. And it's a program for girls from 8 to 16. Am I correct? Yes, you are. Okay. But first, we're going to talk about you. We're going to segue into that. Okay. We're going to talk about who started the program, why they started the program, and, you know, what do you feel the program, the trajectory of the program. So who is Alicia? So Alicia is a native of Salisbury, Maryland, mm-hmm. um, born and raised. I actually um, first started out school at Virginia Wesleyan on lacrosse scholarship. Mm-hmm. Then I transferred to Morgan State University, um, where I continued Everybody the knows. tradition of lacrosse by starting um, the first female lacrosse team there. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up. So you started at the Mighty Morgan, because, you know, we, we done brought Morgan. up the Mighty Morgan, so we got to talk about that. So you started the lacrosse program. For girls. For girls. So there was one for males. So there was already one for men that had been inactive. Um, there's an infamous story about the Ten Bears mm-hmm. um, at That's Morgan. Story, so yes. we kind of brought that back. Um, during my time there, mm-hmm. I served as SGA president from 2006-2007. Um, after I graduated Morgan, I then went to the University of Baltimore and received my master's in public administration. Okay. Then went back and got my master's in business administration. Really? And through my MPA, I decided um, that I wanted to really make a difference in social organizations. Mm. And so that's when I started Beautiful Butterflies in the fall of 2010. So 2010. So we started. are coming up on our 10 year anniversary mm-hmm. in September. Yes. September what? September 20th. Our first show was September 19th. Yay. I swear this Morgan thing is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what is Beautiful Butterfly? So we are a nonprofit mentoring program for girls where it's our mission to empower girls to be confident, socially poised, and ambitious by engaging them in their communities, building their self-esteem, imparting social etiquette skills, increasing literacy, and um, building sisterhood. Mm, That's a lot. We try to do a lot. We're small, but we try to do a lot. Excellent. So what are the ages of these girls? So most of our programs range from 8 through 16. 8 through 16, which is a great age. Um, Because I always believe like between 1 and 10 is where you get everything and who you are. Everything is put into you. And then after 10, you actually kind of live it out. You you understand what I'm saying? So at 8, you're at a good age to start molding and putting some good things in girls because... I, mean, I see so many people working with boys. Yes. But these girls are aggressive. I see, they're naked. Let's be clear. Yes. They, they're fake. These eyelashes. I mean, and nothing's wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But I think they're too young to be gravitating towards so much fakeness. Right. And so one of our mantras is the maturation of a young girl is like the evolution of a butterfly. Mm. So hence where beautiful butterfly comes from. Um, because we try to start earlier. Um, that's why we start at the age of eight because mm-hmm. so many young girls are impressionable at that age. And so yes. we try to get them earlier, um, which is where another one of our philosophies come from, girls today, ladies tomorrow, so that mm, we can start like that. Um, showing them at a very early age that you can be anything that you want to be, do whatever you want to do, but you can do it as a lady. I like that, girls today. So I was a girl 
that day. I'm a lady tomorrow. I'm just. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> okay, so within this program, so you started it. Is this for any girls, black girls? Any? We accept all girls. We Ooh. are all inclusive. Access was diverse. Yes. How many? How many? Um. How many young ladies did you start with? Like at the very beginning, how many people were involved? So, our first program started at Harlem Park Elementary when Principal Joyce Acantillo was there. She was the first principal to take That's a all black try. Harlem Park. Yeah, she was <laughs> the first person um, to take a try on our program. Really? Um, we went and did it for free. And our first cohort, we had around 25 girls. Mm -hmm. So it averages around 10 to 20 girls a cohort. Per, per cohort. And how many cohorts per year? Is it just a, a, a four-year program? So I keep one cohort a year. A year. Okay. But I follow those girls all throughout college graduation. Right, right. So one of my young ladies who started with me in 2000, I think she graduated from the program in 2013. She just graduated um, high school last year. And so she, this is her first year of college. And I've been with her ever since then. That is beautiful. So does the program typically work uh as after school or during school, it, was it after school program or was it during the during the day? So we started out as um, an after school program, and then as programming evolved, as my personal um, career started evolving, um, we had to do a mix between community programming and after school programming mm. and we do church programming on the weekends as well what would so, community program meaning because i know what school mean what does community so after school is generally typically after school mm -hmm. or we actually have lunch bunches where we'll go in and we'll do um, specialized program during the lunch hour and then community program is where the girls meet once a month on a, generally a saturday got it Got it. So on their own time. Yes. Will they meet at Holland Park? Is that what no, they're familiar? So we have been blessed to be able to do partnerships with Enoch Pratt Library. So most of the time when we do community programming, we do it in one of the library branches. That way um, it's a community, it's a safe space, sure. and they have access to books since books. one of our focuses is on increasing literacy. Hmm. Okay. So nonprofit mentoring, eight to 16. So what is the programming that you've actually have within Beautiful Butterflies? So is it different programs or is you just doing the mentoring? So in addition to mentoring, we have um, different components. Okay. Each, each lesson, whether it's generally start out with self-esteem, we go into self-image, mm -hmm. financial literacy, um, STEM is a big one for us. Um, we definitely focus on poison grace. So they actually have etiquette lessons, where Ooh. whether it's um, social and table etiquette, social media etiquette. Um, Excellent. That is we bring that's in lost. different speakers mm -hmm. to really enforce the lessons. And the beautiful thing about each lesson is each lesson is paired with a book. So when we do self-esteem, which is generally our first lesson, the girls receive um, a book that, you know, further explain, expands that learning. So okay. I try to use... Are these books for them or yes. this is like Enoch Pratt? 
Yes. They call so, it, oh, this is their book. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the program, we buy the books and we give them to the girls who are mm. enrolled in our program. So generally when we do self-esteem, we use Sharon Flake's The Skin I Am, which talks about a black girl who has mm-hmm. kind of like a a skin disorder and it's um great book you know a book about her learning how to accept herself uh, learning how to accept others who don't actually look like her um but it's a beautiful book that really brings together the lesson of self-esteem and self-image hmm. i know you said that you follow the cohort or the, the cohorts like through high school is mm-hmm. there much of an opportunity for like alumni the program to do sort of peer mentoring? I'm or? glad you said that. So um, most of the time what happens is once the girls graduate from out the program, we generally bring them back to come and help chaperone on different trips. So mm. one of the big things is a lot of the girls who are in the program have never been outside of Baltimore. And wow. so I remember maybe like Two years ago, we took the girls to Passport, D.C., which is where D.C. opens up all the embassies in Mm. D.C. And just to take them on the subway, like the girls were literally plastered to the window, just excited to be on the subway. Mm. And so a major thing for me is exposing them to the arts and the culture. So I try to take them beyond Baltimore, outside of D.C. So maybe last summer we got a grant from the Family League of Baltimore and we took the girls to see Wicked in New York. And so the alumni girls were able to come on the trip and sort of chaperone um, the younger girls and just have that overall experience with them. Then they also come to our different conferences and come and help mentor at some of the other sessions. Wow. So that is really a community. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. It's that whole bonding of sisterhood. Mm -hmm. I try to keep the girls together no matter what cohort they're in. So um, one of my young ladies, um, Kimora, um, she is a theater sort of type major and she's in middle school. And so every year she does a performance at her school. The last one was Lion King. And Mm -hmm. so every year I try to take girls from the same cohort as her her to see her in her productions. And Mm -hmm. so it's such a beautiful thing to see each other um, support one another. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So did you have something like this when you were growing up? Um, I did. You did. Um, So I was a Girl Scouts major all the way to cadets. I was too. But... I also was in a program called Poison Grace that focused on Poison Grace. And so being on the shore and that being such a big thing, um, coming to Baltimore and not really seeing programs that really emphasize Poison Grace and being a lady and how to conduct yourself as a lady, um, there was a need and a gap that Mm. I definitely wanted to fulfill. So hence, beautiful butterflies. Okay. Yeah, I was was thinking... I was curious about that, you know, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that you could have done. You know, right. there's a lot of needs. So I was just curious about that being a part of your experience. Growing and then up. it also came from I used to mentor at Winston Middle School. And once they were shutting the school down, there was a program there called Winston Winners that was started by um, Chris Cash, um, who is now an assistant principal at Douglas. Um, And so once they were shutting that school down, they were kind of shutting that program down, too. And just being able to interact with those girls at that school, I was like, there's a need. And so out of that program shutting down really pushed my urge and desire to start something that would be able to continue that legacy on. 
That's amazing. I I always say when I hear these programs, I wish they were available when mm-hmm. I was young. I had no program. I went. I was in Girl Scouts, but it, it. I don't think it had a lasting effect. I just remember selling cookies. And, right. Mm-hmm. It's you know I didn't have any camaraderie in Girl yeah, Scouts. Yeah. It's and my mom really was over miss. cookies. Like it's, yeah, I was a cookie hawk. <laughs> yeah. When you have um like these national organizations, it really is hit or miss depending on your particular troop. Sure. Like and my troop some, is very white. The, yeah. The, you know, the leadership right. and like every mm-hmm. community there is different. So you're right. Some, and some, some Girl Scout, Scout troops are lit. And, right. and some are very and close. I had, I had <laughs> a I lit have troop. Oh, you had a lit troop. I had a sucky um, troop. Miss Lisa Huey, shout out to my, my fellow Girl Scouters. But, you know, we were a very tight group. We Good. went. That was my first trip to Disney World. Like mm. we were a very lit troop, um, and so I can appreciate, um, you know, the foundation of Girl Scouts. But I also don't believe that the Girl Scouts catered to minority demographics the way that I tried to with Beautiful Butterflies. You right. just said it because I just said I was in a troop that was mostly mm-hmm. white. The leaders were white and it was three black girls, I remember. And we really felt like we were our own little troop Mm -hmm. inside a troop of of white girls. And not Mm -hmm. to say that it was bad because we did go places. We camped. Yep. Um, That was my favorite part. They took us out to the woods and told us, go find your food. Yes. I hated camping because it wasn't culturally... Uh, what can I say? <laughs> Culturally sensitive to us. Right. And we, we just didn't have fun. But we went just to get away from, you know, somewhere right. to go. But right. but it wasn't something that I, I said had a lasting. I did it from Brownie up to Senior Scout. So mm-hmm. I did it a very long time. But And I had my little sash and yes. all my little, you know, I love, about getting them. Yeah. I love getting those badges. Yeah, my badges. But one thing about the, one of the difference between Girl Scouts and Beautiful Butterflies is that Girl Scouts kind of has a set foundation in terms of there's requirements for the badges and stuff that you have to get. And it's a corporate entity. Mm -hmm. When I develop um, the curriculum for Beautiful Butterflies, it evolves, it changes, and it's based off a youth voice. So I ask the girls, what do you want to learn? What do you need to know? That way, we're not wasting time as adults teaching things that we think that they need to know opposed to what they feel that they really need to know. What are some of the things that they brought up that surprised you? Sex. Ooh. At a very early age. They said sex. Elementary. Elementary kids. Clutching my pearls. Oh, I clutch all the time. So you were surprised (laughs) by how their level of... They're they're very inquisitive at such an early age. And a lot of it has to do with social media. They can see anything on the internet. Yeah, not not just social media, but just in general. Even even society. um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot more exposure. And so there's going to be a lot more questions raised. And also, like, you know, you might have questions about stuff that you see around at your home. Right. You know who that Some man is. going in the hood right. and, and who coming yeah. in the house. That's yeah, your Yeah, mama, mama, that go that man. Yeah. 
real talk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You you would be surprised. Oh, like, no, I, I'm not because I work with young people too. So I was I, surprised. I'm not. I mean, they said sex. I was surprised. I'm surprised about sex. I, I thought they would hide that, but they no. they feel comfortable with you. They feel we try and we try to make a very safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like a box that we keep, and so there's pieces of paper, and so as soon as you come in, you know you have the opportunity to put a note in the box if there's any. Um, topic that you want to discuss. So it can be anonymous too. Forum. Okay. Um, and Except so, you know the handwriting. They all, you can tell everybody. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but they don't know. Um, I love it. But yeah, yeah. it's um, it's definitely an eye-opening experience just for me as mm-hmm. the leader of it because right. they keep me on my toes. So I have a, a question too. So since you've been doing this since 2010, um, have you seen, um, talk about the change you've seen since between the girls that started then and the girls at the same age now. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed an impact in there? Because I know in my experience, I'll just speak to that. We, I had a cohort of students who started in the program that, that I run here. They started in fifth grade in 2011, mm-hmm. 2012. And I also had a cohort who started in the fifth grade in 2017. And that second group is completely different mm-hmm. than the 2011 group right because they mm-hmm. that 2011 group went all the way through high school and they're in college now similar mm-hmm. to the situation where you're saying but they were with us for that time and then we started a junior program where it was peer mentoring and that second group was very different and i think the biggest difference was instagram mm-hmm. um and the like we had stuff pop off here because of instagram beef over like mm. somebody to, to did a to be honest, like you you know to somebody it didn't even happen here, but they have it. So it was all they decided. Well, we're gonna be at Michael Place at the school. What what it is, <laughs> and they're they, gonna fight. Right, right, wow. right, right. And, Social and, media has a lot to do with these kids' behavior. Has, yeah. You know? So with that as a context, I don't know. I mean, your program is very different than mm-hmm. mine, just from a goal standpoint, but. Did you notice a difference or do you notice a difference in it just over the course of the 10 years? I will say that there definitely has been a difference, which is why it's important to establish some sort of protocol with the kids early on, what you expected them, what Mm -hmm. you will accept from them and what you won't. Um, So we I have been very blessed and very fortunate not to really have too many issues with behavior problems Mm -hmm. um, out of the girls. One thing that I did notice is that um, if you don't catch stuff early on mm-hmm. and try faster. to like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what is, is there a selection process or a screening That's process? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So most of the girls, um, when we reach out to the school principals, I give them the option of you can give me the girls who are at risk of failing, who have higher truancy rates, mm. um, those who have high disciplinary rates, or we can do it as where we just allow the girls to sign up and it's because they want to be there. Um, so I never try to force anyone mm-hmm. to So what be do they mostly choose? Do they choose the, the, the at risk? Most principals choose the ones at risk. And that's great. I need you to take these girls I need and you to show change, them another my problems. way. Yes. I need you to fix this. Um, yeah. And so. Yeah. One, one thing about that, though, a lot of times um, there is um, that can be a little bit problematic because mm-hmm. it 
they kind of assume this identity of being a problem. Mm-hmm. And if they, it's like, if they know, they looking around and they see everybody and they say, okay, I know we all, uh, we all this, mm-hmm. this, in this group. <laughs> so if you, you have to be careful about the way that you kind of frame that. Love yeah. these kids, yes. And none of the, none of the kids are ever made to feel as though they're problem children. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, you know, you have to instill in them right, early right, is right, that, right. You're not a problem child. Right. A lot of times when kids are acting out, it's because they're seeking attention that right. they're not getting somewhere else. Right. Sure. And so a part of our model is really allowing them to feel loved, allowing them to know that they're in the safe place and allowing them to be creative in their own way. Mm-hmm. So let me ask a question, because when it comes to school and children that are not yours, mm-hmm. The 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 application of love. Mm-hmm. How are you applying that? It's just being there and talking to them, and you know, because sometimes you have to watch that that gray line and not yeah. your children, and and when they do act up, you know, you you have to say something. So how do you we apply this have, love without being a disciplinarian? You know what I mean? There is definitely more a gray line when you are in a school setting mm-hmm. than what you are in like in a community a or community setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to establish early on a lot of times. And what I've noticed from different programs is they just focus on the kids. But in order to really be a successful nonprofit mentoring program, you have to have family engagement. Mm. And so a lot of times I try to incorporate the parents and whatever we're doing. But also there's a fine line between having parents involved and really allowing kids to have that safe space away from From the parents parents. so that they can really enjoy the mentoring. Mm -hmm. Um, So with my community program, I definitely believe I have established real good relationships with parents in terms of. I have parents who will call me when their children are acting out and be, you need to come get your child. And so I love it. I love it. So they it. really listen to you. I love it to the point wow. because when there's graduations, when there's birthday parties, Miss Alicia is one of the first people to get an invite. So and that's nice. a whole family. And that's a part of, you know, building that sisterhood, not only just with the kids or among the kids, but also with the families. Um, because I cannot teach them no more than what they're already learning and expanding upon in their household. So do you see sometimes that you might need to mentor the mothers? Real talk, sis. Real talk. It is real talk. And, you know, yeah, one you, of my... You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, because you got a you got a, a eight-year-old in the program and... The mom is 21. <laughs> but, you know, so one of my favorite lessons is on table etiquette. We do fine dining with the kids. Okay. Um, so they... You go somewhere. All the girls... Well, we start in, in the classroom. Okay. But all the girls who come out of my program will teach you how to set a full table, a mm-hmm. very formal table setting. Right. They know the difference between informal and formal. Wait a minute, sis. Where you learn that at? See? Because we just get I out I learned place. that from Morgan. This is a oh. shout out to Dr. Corbett and her leading ladies. Really? Um, I never heard of this. Yes. I'm like, what's informal? What's for? I need to men- be mentored. No, but, you know... <laughs> All the girls who come out of my program will be able to tell you what an informal, informal table setting is. Wow. And so in order to enforce those lessons, um, I tell them, go home and practice. And it's always, I can remember one young lady saying to me, 
we don't even use knives and forks and spoons. Like, what is all this? Why are there three glasses right here? We just need one cup. Like, why? So they're eating like a sandwich? That's what she's saying? What are they eating with no fork? There's a there's a lot of things. And there's there's a difference. Oh, chicken, you're right. And there's a difference, you know, between teaching the girls what is finger food, you know, what orders do you eat with your hand? What orders do you eat with, you know, um, utensils and so we try mm. to teach all those things to the girls but okay. it's that is always my favorite lesson because there is always so much kickback about it because well, they're not eating really meals well, yeah. and here's here's the interesting thing about the table they're like, not sitting at the table right. there's no the, more family time yes. everybody sits in front of the, the tv you know my mom would put the right. stuff on it and we would pass right. Come, it yeah everybody sit, everybody sit down was, together yeah. and um we it's time to, to eat, yeah. yeah families that eat together stay together i yeah. believe that well, they say I mean, pray together, know, but I think you need to eat together. You can't. You got to do a little bit more than that, but that <laughs> that is definitely a thing. Like that, yeah, that's a bond. Yes, yeah, definitely. Have at that so table. You share share mm-hmm. together, and I think um, you know, there's a lot of everybody's on their phone. Yes. Everybody can kind of create their own environment. But I also look at it in the sense of you have to look at the social economics of the True. girls that we're serving. Right. So most of the girls. Um, we definitely try to focus programming in low-income areas. And mm. so most of the girls are the older siblings. And so right. after school, after they get out they of programming, they got to go fix dinner for their younger siblings. Right. That's and amazing. they don't have someone who's sitting at the table with them. Most of the time, the only adult interaction they're having is while they're in programming. Right, because they, they got to eat. Because they got to eat. They're doing eat. everything and the right. mother exactly. called and tell them to do it. Fix, the, yes. fix dinner. And they're at right. work or something. Yes. Right. Really. So they got a latchkey kid. Yes. A lot of them. Wow, that's interesting. So they can take your programming and with their little siblings mm-hmm. and do it formal, informal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you I don't know, even know the, what that is. I still want to know what's formal. The, <laughs> I don't even know what that the is. Biscuit, <laughs> the biscuit. You know, as a culture, mm. we have a tendency to take the biscuit when we're at, you know, our social and, events and, and, it. and sop it in gravy and all that works supposed, my nerves. What are you supposed to do? Not sop <laughs> it in gravy. This is black. You take this is black a mean gravy, piece of biscuit black minks. and you tear it off no more than what you can chew and you with Alicia. Butter that really? one piece oh. of bread <laughs> and you eat that one piece and then you sit the knife down oh and do not hold it in your hand. <laughs> there is no stopping of the gravy. Miss Alicia, we never going out to eat together. You no like, what is this ghetto bunny doing? So what, okay, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. I don't understand. I, no, let, I understand. Let me ask a quick, wait a minute, it's let me ask a always, question. And it's always so interesting to see the girls and I love <laughs> the stories <laughs> of parents sending me pictures and just text, what did you do to my child? <laughs> Why is she sitting here trying to regulate what I eat and how I eat? Like, wait a minute, that's right. not what really I sent go, her but for. The biscuit thing is no, like that. that's go. the extra though. So, so yeah, for the juice. Oh you gotta no! Get the and juice, then Ms. when Alicia. it comes to chicken, like no, we don't eat chicken with our hands. <laughs> so check it out. So here's, I think that <laughs> this is too much. No, it's not too much. I get it. Um, you don't eat chicken with your hands, bruh. I'm not saying that I don't. I can't. I get it. <laughs> my my thing is. You probably 
haven't had the right biscuit because like I know my Aunt Amy, you can't even eat it with your shoes on because you got to have be able to wiggle your toes while you eat <laughs> Because it. it's so good. I don't know what she's talking about. No, but I, I definitely understand. Yes. And I, I do. Amy one, can cook some biscuits. One, I'm talking about wow. hand, like she made fresh biscuits from scratch every day. Yes, but so they were I, good. But I think one of the most important parts of that is just the being mindful yes. and taking your time. It's the but it's also about it. knowledge. So a lot of times what I see with the girls is we don't use this every day. We don't use this in our Ooh, home. And even me. if you don't use it, when you get further down the line and opportunities arise, right. no one can tell you <laughs> right. you at a table what like not a savage. Do. You will sit there and be the best person, your whole etiquette experience and dining experience will be that much more better because you know which fork to eat with. Right. Wait a minute, Miss You know the difference between a dessert fork and a dining fork. You like you just know the difference. <laughs> Miss Alicia, it's pushback time. Real talk. I mean, I'm with the. Li- Wait a minute, because I, I feel like I'm so <laughs> grimy right now because first of all, I don't know what formal and informal. Is. I don't know what fork to use. Whatever fork see? is next to my table, to my plate, is the see, fork that I use. Always eat. I don't know nothing about that. Outside in. Really, Missy, and then this biscuit and thing. And then I, I really feel I'm from glass, South Carolina. Wine glasses. I'm from South Carolina. Right, right. And you say biscuits don't you hit the. You definitely pl- should know. You a Southern belle. That's right. But we put the biscuit in the. Gr- <laughs> what is she talking about? I can't believe this. If yeah. I if I had one of my mother's biscuits and I didn't put and it in something, we actually don't even teach the girls with gravy. We teach them because you know up here in the north is mostly butter. But I don't care if it's juice well, from the out, chicken. Though. You yeah, got to yeah, take yeah, the juice off the chicken. All you. So. So here, here's another thing too. I guess. Wait a minute, G. You gotta wait on my juice. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, this is important to me because she really got no. me feeling a little funny over here. We do not stop. <laughs> I feel like I don't have we no do culture. But the biscuit, even like if you eating chicken, you know the grease from the barbecue. Mm-hmm. You supposed to take your biscuit and suck. Well, what do you do with that juice? You just let it. Mm-hmm. Just let it be there. You throw it away. <laughs> Ooh, <Ms. Lee. laughs> and even if you're doing it, you need to like take a fork. Take off a piece and then you might can do it. But you should not take a whole piece of bread and stop it in anything. I'm telling you right now, I gotta come to that class. Because <laughs> I need help. I think, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I need help. I, I definitely un, I definitely understand that. I, just, I think Ooh, that you know a, what another good one I just is. I did that today. I don't know what you're talking about. Taking napkins after, like, if you have to get up, taking your napkin and putting it on the table, like, no, we do not put soil napkins back on the table. You really? drape it on the back of your chair. Miss Alicia. Like, no. Alicia. There are rules to this. I need mentoring. Right. I need mentoring. I think, yeah, yeah. That's something So one, one thing that um, just, I know you're talking about some very specific things, and I want to kind of universalize it a okay. little bit. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of value in ritual. It is. That gets but lost. the biscuit is a problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I can dig it. I mean, that you, ritual isn't it? That's a black ritual. We have to clean the plate. <laughs> you cannot leave nothing on my mammy's plate. <laughs> Real talk. And you and there you very well don't have to leave anything on juice the plate. Too. But juice it's too. all in about how you eat it. Well, how you get the juice up? You take the fork and keep dipping it until the cup. How does the juice come off the plate? That's what I'm trying to find out. Take your fork. Take the biscuit. Do not take any more than what you can chew. 
That's the key thing. Most of the time, what happens is <laughs> people it. take the whole biscuit yeah, and, put and they it. butter the whole thing. No, that's not how we so do it. So you just butter your piece. You just butter the piece. You have to break it off and butter that piece. And you should it should be no bigger than what you can chew at one time. But I can chew the whole biscuit. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we get in the weeds on this. <laughs> I mean, I just yeah, love, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. love this stuff because I'm so amazed that, first of all, you're black. And you're coming with all this formal and formal. You said nah. the napkin cannot go back on the table. It does not go back on the table. We do not put soiled linen back on the table. I love it. Okay. We're going to make sense. Yeah. Except unless if you... We don't groom at the table. We don't do none of that. So I had this... So ex- you can't play with you? Of course. That's that's unfair. So I had this experience where I, I went out with this young lady. We went to a movie. Mm-hmm. And then we went and had some dinner. And she... Productively blew her nose oh, sitting no. at Did the table. Did you say productively? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like a little. It was a real it, it blow. Was, it was productive. Oh and, no! And like it was like a cartoon honking oh, no. nose blow. It was like yeah, it was really loud. I was appalled. <laughs> I was like, okay. And what she did it got? at the table. Yeah, we were sitting at a restaurant. So what did you think? I, was, I, mean, I was, was like, so this is a long story. <laughs> I had all I had traveled across the country to go see it. Like I was kind of caught out there. I was all the way out in Chicago coming from North Carolina. Oh, you was so visiting was, somebody. So I was gonna put up with whatever was going on. I didn't <laughs> I didn't invested all that time to get out there. But it definitely was a mental note. So it like, changed your whole mm-hmm. perspective. I was like, her. that's how you get down, huh? <laughs> Well, if somebody's mad with me in the biscuit, we right. shouldn't be together. Because I you promise know that, you, I'm going to put that biscuit good, in the juice. That's a good analogy in the sense of, Lisa, don't, as grown don't fall into women, that. Come on. some of us just haven't been taught. Right. I guess that's what I'm wanting. <laughs> we just right. haven't been taught. So but I feel like you're setting yourself up into, to never get invited to eat anywhere because people think. But it also <laughs> goes into the fact that a part of not being taught is because girls at such an early age are just thrown baby dolls in kitchen sets and told that it's we should aspire to be mothers. We mm. should aspire to stay at home and just get jobs and not really pursue our dreams. And in a part of learning how to pursue your dreams and have formalized training to be a part of the old man's club or old boys club or whatever club you want to call it, mm-hmm. like... We're not teaching girls the fundamentals right, of how, how to, to play the field. Well, I got to so, come to your mentoring program. As a woman, it's important that no matter what setting I go into, I'm ready for it. Right. And that's what you know, I teach my girls my, to be my ready. Mom, I like that. My, yes. I like that. Now, my, I take the biscuit off the plate. My, my mom, <laughs> I got they, they recently started doing um, tea time or tea parties with mm-hmm. the young ladies at our church down home. And mm-hmm. everybody puts on the hats. I love they it. They do the whole setup. So I was like, really? Yes. I was like, what y'all doing down there? And like everybody, like it's y'all, all, the, all the young girls and ladies and they they have like a, a formal tea service. That's mm-hmm. nice. And they sit down and, you know. So one of our, our signature program is called the Beautiful Hat Luncheon, which is actually going to be held on April 18th this year. And it April is. April 8th? 18th, beautiful Hat. April 18th. 18th. Uh-huh. Got it. Um, and. It's a time where ladies can come out sort of like that whole Southern Belle thing with your big hats on. 
Um, sort of gives you like the Kentucky Derby feel or right. whatever. That's what I was thinking. Um, I was picturing. Yeah. Um, mint um, but the girls have their fascinators <laughs> on and they have their what? fascinators. So it's like the little hat, you know, that goes off to the side. Oh, um, that's on the band that sits okay. on the side. And so we have someone come in and actually make a hat with the girls. Mm. And so they get to showcase them off. And then the girls actually get to showcase some of the things that they've learned in the program, whether it's learning how to sit straight or how to eat properly, or they will show you how to operate um, the table setting that's actually on the table for that day. Um, so it's a great experience, but having tea parties, um, you know, it goes into going back to some of the traditions of having ladylike experiences that we don't really offer our girls right, too much the only, anymore. The only tea parties I have now is spilling gossip yeah, on each other. Yeah, that, that's tea. Yeah, that's tea. <laughs> it's you, all Kermit. She's making me a little self-conscious yeah. again because I know I'm not sitting like a lady. That's none of my business. And I, I wasn't going to say nothing because it's your show. <laughs> oh! It's your show. I, mean, I feel like I need to set some ambiance. <laughs> it's some shade in yeah, here. Yeah, a little ambiance. Never lights a little bit. <laughs> she came for me. Pop up an umbrella. Because... <laughs> I'm we not. just having an informal rap right. session so this right is, now. Yeah, because right. I'm not sitting like a yeah, lady. You sit, I'm, I'm over here postured up like Prince Hakeem <laughs> and you go for leg all thrown up. <laughs> and I took the biscuit and the gravy. I am violating some codes. Right. Miss Alicia, mm-hmm. you've got to work for the system. That's no, why we been. Try to get your posture together. Oh, she, did she do the show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am finished. Okay, she's comfortable now. <laughs> she's real comfortable. When, when we first started, I was like, okay, she's just being real nah, reserved. She ready, nah, now she's, she's coming for you. That's how we get it. They come for me all right. the time. No. So when she said sit correctly, I, I looked love. at myself. I was like, I'm not sitting correctly. It is all love. <laughs> One of the components of Beautiful Butterflies is healthy living. And so a Ooh. part of that healthy living is having good posture so that as you get older, you know, you don't have to lean over because you practice good posture techniques right. all throughout life. And you're standing taller. Yes. And yeah. you are. Your confidence is in your walk. I think you need to do some beautiful, what's a butterfly? No, the butterfly, no, the butterfly turns something. What does a butterfly start as? A, a caterpillar. caterpillar. A caterpillar. I said mm-hmm. a frog. Did you say what? I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> a frog sorry listen and i'm a scientist that's terrible so the butterfly starts as a caterpillar and then it becomes a butterfly but it never that's it that's the end right because you need to do something for us older girls i got you because i'm looking like you need to jump back in the i got you because i don't know nothing about this stuff so we do do one off um workshops and stuff um, so just reach out and, and maybe the younger we'll girls could it. teach us your oh, they would love and they can they make would the love older to. girls because we don't once have no they get it down pack they, they are they would so love excited to, teach us. to right. tell mm-hmm. you how wrong you are in doing what you're <laughs> I doing it, I right. believe it so right. that might be something you think yes. about like you're, once they learn yes. to teach us who don't know because I really am mm-hmm. like shocked over here I, I want. I feel bad I'm sitting crazy yes. but I'm going to get my posture together before you leave they they will tell you oh that's not the right fork really I love And you them. said inside out. So what's closest to outside you? Outside in. Oh, outside in. <sighs> so the salad for the fork class. is generally on the outside. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll wait for the class. Because whatever fork is on my table, right. that's what's going. <laughs> I'm trying to, I know there's a lot of different things that um, you, you mentioned that uh, are part of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about the communication skills or if there is, is any of that in there as well. Yes. So public um, speaking yes. is definitely something that we have tried to focus more on. Um, one of the things 
and because and it could be because I'm from the shore mm. um, and I was an English major at Morgan. I never understood why people in Baltimore said Doug or instead tea. of dog. And they say oh, to you. And it. so one of the things me personally that I had to get over was that language barrier right. just culturally. It's right. like yeah. the phonics yes. of language. And right. so... Wait, do you see? Wait, do you see the description to your show and the way that Queen writes your your description? Oh I need, boy, I need, I need help, a lot oh, of help. Boy. And you, no, I know you don't she, like for real, for real, because that's a double, you know, because all the kids say for oh, real, for boy. real. I know that's not a. Sin. And so you know, a part of trying to teach the girls actual lessons that they can carry on mm-hmm. is basically you know having to overcome those barriers, those language barriers. Of, okay. And really putting it on a level that they can understand. But, you know, one thing I know for me being an avid reader, it has given me a voracious vocabulary, Mm -hmm. you know, and it has and I'm able to structure sentences. I mean, I do things. I like how how letters look. So I Mm -hmm. change that up. But I can you know, I can write if I really want to write because I Mm -hmm. read a lot. So I think you actually um, having reading as so important, attaching books to everything. Yes. Even though at home in the culture of Baltimore has this phonic, has this the way that they speak in mm-hmm. certain words, when you read, it kind of dispels that. Yeah. And then you get around someone like you who is so cultured and formal, then they start speaking. I mean, really, because they're now making an effort. Right. And then sometimes you see like the Doug and the Tew and, you know, the languages that Baltimore brings. It's like right. their flavor of how they speak. Because when I came here, I was so surprised. But then I got a friend from Chrisfield. Mm. You know about that too, mm-hmm. and they say um, a brow, mm-hmm. and we go, you know, a brow, and we, you know, they have a language too. Yes, and then you go to South Carolina, where I'm from. There's a language, and it's all New a York, part where I'm of. From, there's a language. We call it formally. We call it code switching. Wow. And so, one of the things that we definitely try to teach the girls is when you're with your friends, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> But when you're in that professional setting, you know how you, you got to put it on. Know how yes to walk in that you're right. setting. You're right. And so when you code switch, you have to know how to do it. And so you got to know when it's appropriate to, use to speak your a certain way. Yeah, fine. Okay. But you will use proper English when you get into a professional setting, right. and that's one of the things that we try to teach the girls is knowing the difference. Whether it's knowing the difference in forks mm-hmm. or knowing the difference in your professional and public speaking. But that professional like, setting, sometimes people are speaking a certain way and you step up mm-hmm. because you don't right. listen. I sound crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they need to know how to talk when they need to handle some business on the phone. <laughs> that <laughs> is talk. true. Whew. That is true. Sometimes I talk, I hear them. I'm like, wow. That is help, true. You know, and it's, you know, expanding their vocabulary beyond curse words. Huh. Um, but again, that also comes from what they hear and yeah, see at home. Sure, sure. And social media, you know, you they social media texting. We're mm-hmm. losing language with breaking down words. Yes. So they're not even when they text, they're not even texting real sentences yes. or and they and they break down the word like back is BK. Yes. You understand? So words are becoming. Um, you need a dictionary just to the define little, the, the acronyms. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So language is changing with social with 
technology. Yes. You know, and more the, the more people text, I thought people would start writing more. No, mm-hmm. they break down words so they don't have to write more. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the human. We always make it more convenient for ourselves, mm-hmm. but it breaks down language too. And so the the, the kind of um, conversations they're having with their peers are not even complete conversations. Right. And their social interaction. So do it when they're with you. Do you make them take the phone away? Can they have their phone? So we do have a segment, a part of the day where... You know, we allow them to use their phones to take pictures mm-hmm. um, so that we can bring more awareness to the program. So sure. they'll have like their selfie us moments where they can take pictures and then post it to their social media. Mm-hmm. This is what I learned at Beautiful Butterflies today sure. or whatever the case may be. Um, but we try to make sure that all of our activities and lessons are hands on. That way they want to be. The phone is forgotten. Yes. Yeah. Because they're young and they're inquisitive, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, mm-hmm. that means they're captured. Yes. Because when they leave that phone, you know, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. Wow. Okay. So within the beautiful butterflies, you're doing different things. Yes. So let's talk about that. Like okay. your ambitious girls and your debutantes. So okay. let's talk about the different programs within your your, okay. Um, actual. So, beautiful butterflies is sort of like the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the name of our after-school programming. Okay. Then we have ambitious girls, which is our middle school literacy um, program, which is mentoring plus literacy. And that's what um, grades. That's in middle school? Uh, third through six. Third through six. Um, and then we have our debutante cotillion program Mm -hmm. which is for high school seniors um citywide um so any senior in baltimore city can be in in this cotillion and there's no other requirement than being a senior well you have to have at least a 2.0 gpa there we go okay um and you have to be enrolled in a baltimore city high school um Mm -hmm. but normally associated with cotillions are the scholarship program. So each girl will raise money and generally whoever raises the most money is, you know, the head debutante, the winner. Okay. Um, and then they get those proceeds for a scholarship. Mm. This year, Beautiful Butterflies is trying to do more of a global impact. And so we are actually taking our debutantes to Africa this summer. Um, so familiar, it's kind G. of it's kind of like a um, graduation present, mm. um, but their first exposure to like the world. You think they were stuck to the wall at the subway? You gonna have so much excitement recently, when they get on that plane? I recently <laughs> have just started my Africa tour, so I've been to Egypt. Mm. I just got back from Ghana. I'm going back to Ghana in February, um, and so I love next month. Um, so I travel with a group called Jelani Women. Jelani um, Women. So how you getting Shout Jelani out to Women? Ashley. Uh, but Jelani Women. No, stay with yours. Yeah, we'll talk about Jelani Women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's stick with um, So we're partnering girl. with Jelani Women okay. to take the girls to, to Africa. Africa. Wow. And so while they're over in Africa, they'll do a community service project. Mm. Um, but they'll also have that vacation and, you know, get to experience the culture. Where in what part of Africa are they going? Which country? So we haven't decided yet. You don't know which country. Um, but it's definitely between Ghana and South Africa. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds very much like Black Girls Exchange. Yeah. You know what I'm talking So, yeah, wow, amazing. I'm telling you, to be a young lady, and I said the same thing to Miss Danita that was here who had a program with exchanging girls. Mm-hmm. 
that if this was, why could this not be available when I was a girl? Right. You know, I had none of these opportunities. It's such a beautiful thing. But it takes a group of young women who've been educated and mm-hmm. exposed to, to come back and start these type of programs. Right. We came from parents who was just trying to make right. it. So now we have another generation of, of us right. and we can start these programs for young girls. And it's just so amazing. Imagine just being from Baltimore and never really doing anything in your in your life, in your young life, because right. you live here in Baltimore and most black families here are struggling, mm-hmm. not all, but a lot. And to get into a mentoring program in your school and be comfortable enough and stay in that program. And then they take you to Africa. Yes. Wow. That's that's life changing. And it's all about exposure. It's all about like, exposure. All about if exposure. you don't even do a community service project, mm-hmm. just them getting on that plane and going to that other country is an amazing movement in their lives. Yes. The community service and the interaction with the culture it's going to change the game. And so that's the, that's the cherry on top. One of the the community services is generally centered around going to an orphanage or a school over wow. there, delivering supplies or wow. books um, and being able to interact with the kids. And so, um, you know, as an adult, mm-hmm. that was so rewarding for me. And yes. I can only imagine what it's going to be for them because we think we have it so bad here it's a whole different ball game over there. Mm-hmm. And so it also brings about humility and appreciation for where you are. Mm-hmm. And so those are the type of values that we definitely want to expose the girls to. Well, you know, I have to do what I always do. But what about your media game? Who? I mean, the media need to be on some of these trips and some of this <laughs> You know, that's what I do, really. But I yes. would love to kind of um, like show the whole process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would, you know, I think it's such a and hear the girls like mm-hmm. pre how do, what do they think? What you're excited about? And then once you do it, what happened? How do you feel? How has it affected mm-hmm. you in your own little space? Yep. Because these are young girls and other girls need to see this, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what I'm saying. I do want to go, of course. But more than anything is to be able to um, steal that moment. Mm-hmm. Like that's from another, because that's a moment that other people need to see. Right. Not just these, these girls are experiencing it, but imagine to have pictures, right? video, and then be able to utilize that to now. And so we're getting important. better about... Um, our social media and um, really exposing people to beautiful butterflies and all Mm -hmm. that we do for years. We've kept it small and kept it intimate. Sure. Um, And I purposely have done that. Sure. One, because the more girls you have, um, you know, the more funding it requires and so we've been able to do a whole lot with a little. Yeah. And so taking the girls um, to Africa is a big undertaking. Big and so if anybody wants to donate, um, it, we're looking there. at um, your, about um, $2,500 per girl. Per, yeah, so put um, your email, give them that, everything so they yes. can donate. Um, so... We're taking all donations because it is averaging about $2,500 per girl because they have to have their immunizations. Sure. Um, passports have to be purchased. Flights have to be purchased. And then, you know, just being over there for the whole week. Um, 
So and then they're going to feed them while they're there. Yes. yes. Um, and move them around. Yes. Foster them Transportation, sure. all that. Yep. Um, so um, we are on PayPal at Beautiful Butterflies okay. 10 at Gmail. You can also donate at um, BeautifulButterfliesInc.com. Okay. Um, but we'll also find you can find us on all social media at Beautiful Butterflies Inc. Um, and we'll also be putting out some announcements about how you can further give. That is amazing. Do you have do you have any sponsors or um, um so we actually are a funded partner of um Baltimore City's expanded youth program, which mm. is being um managed by the Family League of Baltimore. Okay. Um so we do have some grants, but most of the grant money goes towards putting, making sure we are able to give quality free programming throughout the year. Throughout the year, so, so the you need something program, else for the travel. And yeah, all the debut time yeah. program is definitely an additional thing that you know just makes our program one of those that stands out because we do so much with the little that we have. Okay, um, but it definitely will not be possible without sponsorships and the sure. generous donations of people who are listening to the show. Yep. And I'm sure you're having to dig in your little pockets. Of course. I'm sure, you know, of course, of course, that's how this thing works. When, mm-hmm. when you want to give back, sometimes you're really giving back, mm-hmm. you're giving your own stuff and, and, but it's so rewarding. Yes. You know, these, and these girls will make you prouder. Yes. You know, it's like planting seeds, mm-hmm. you know, and they might not grow this week. They might not go in three years, but yep. when they do grow, it's a beautiful thing. And I tell my girls all the time, I will give you the world as long as you do what you're supposed to. I want to see thing. good grades. I want a positive attitude. And I want to make sure that you're giving your all in whatever you choose to do. So have that been your experience with these yeah. girls? Do they really appreciate this program? Mm-hmm. I'm sure they do. I can't say that I've ever had a bad apple. Is that right? I can't say. That is excellent. You know, we've had... Um, Girls who have probably been, I can think of maybe two young ladies who um, were more on the tomboy side mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I'm not really feeling this whole wearing and having to wear Because when we do their rites of passage, all the girls have to wear white dresses. And they're like, oh, I'm not really feeling the whole dress thing. So they wanted to go to another program. And so, like I said, I don't force anybody to stay in programming. And so the young ladies, I think they end up going to like the basketball club. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have saw the girls... I think we were doing our dining lesson. And so we had like a whole full course meal and they wanted to come back and join. Them. Oh, no. Mm-mm. You want to play basketball, boo. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go back to basketball. The ball is and so, born. I love you it. know, you got to stick, got to stick with it. Yeah, um, they're always going to be highs and lows, but you got to stick through it. And that's a lesson to them mm-hmm. because in life, some things you're not going to like. Yeah. But you have to sometimes and do it. A lot of times people... You know, they shy away from things just because they've never been exposed to it. And so one of the, like I said earlier, one of the things that we try to do is expose the girls to the arts, which is why we took them to Wicked. Mm -hmm. Um, And next month in February, we'll actually be taking the girls to see the Alvin Ailey dance troupe at the Kennedy Center. Mm. And so, you know, amazing. I've been there like two years ago. Just to to see an all black dance troupe. Mm -hmm. Like... Is just enough in itself to inspire anybody. I can really be whoever I want to be. I just have to put in the work. And so 
those are the type of experiences that I try to expose them to. Wow. So when it comes to these are program, these are like shows that you know about and you say, well, this is good for my girls. Mm-hmm. Is someone pick, you're the one doing these. So like, generally me and my team, we go okay. through Got and um, we pick events mm-hmm. um, based off the timing, funding available. Sure. Um, I love Passport DC because. One, it's right down the street in D.C., but it exposes them to so much. Um, the girls love going to get the henna tattoos. They love, love, love learning about the different cultures um, because who, how many of them are really going to say they've been to Egypt? They've yeah. been to Pakistan. Um, how many of them really, really get to say I've been outside of Baltimore? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so it at least gives them the opportunity to see something outside of Baltimore and to dream and, to, you know, make sure that, you know, they're working towards doing something that they've never done before. Because you absolutely have to kind of make a dream sometimes mm-hmm. for these young people, because what they're seeing is not dream mm-hmm. capable. So you don't want them to dream to get a weave. You mm-hmm. want them to dream to be bigger than that or dream to get eyelashes. Well, or... well. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to get a step on those ladies. Just, I love all I'm of that a, stuff. I'm a black girl from the Eastern Shore who never thought she would be traveling the country. Look at that. And it's so funny because my mom's like, where are you going this week? Like, where are you going this week? And so I was you, like, oh, I'm just going to be in Ghana. Ooh. And she's like, didn't you just come back? You know, mom, I'm just trying to see the world. That, that's Listen, I'm just trying I'm to inspired. see the world. I'm going to sit right. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Get my posture together. <laughs> Gee, she got me feeling a little <laughs> get it together here. Some type of way. You said inside out, so I'm gonna get my pen. <laughs> I outside in. Yes, I, that's right. Outside in. You're gonna take me to Ghana. Shield. This is a, <laughs> let me get myself together. This is amazing. Because, you know, when I thought of Beautiful Butterfly, I didn't know that it had this. I mean, you have layer after mm-hmm. layer after layer. And this is for girls yeah. and in Baltimore City. And I've never heard of it. In Baltimore City. Um, and so being inclusive, you know, we try to meet the needs. I think a lot of times what happens is programs follow money. Mm. And so they see grants and stuff that are out there and they're like, oh, I can do this. No, it's really about knowing your market and staying within your niche. And mm. so my niche is girls and mentoring. But I also have a passion for juvenile justice. So okay. that is why Queendom is such a big thing because Tell girls. Tell the people what Queendom is first. So Queendom is a one-day conference for high school girls who are at risk or have some type of involvement with the juvenile justice system. Mm-hmm. But we also won't turn girls away who want to participate in this one-day of empowerment. Um, and so this year we're actually having Queendom on Thursday, March 12th at Morgan State University, where, you know, it's a whole day of healing, of college preparedness, introducing them to different resources, giving them business acumen, also, um, you know, bringing different vendors in who can offer summer employment or, you know, just internships or resources for the whole family. So is this girls of any age or? Any high school girl. Any high school girl. Any high school girl. Okay. Um, so we do have target schools like Maryville is one of our target schools. Um, but we have reached out to, you know, all the high schools and said, you know, if you want your girls to come, we'd love for you to be a part of this day. Um, 
McQueenum is so special to me um, because it was just a dream for me. And when I pulled the first one off, like it was just to see we have a opening session we do with Sister Mathina. And so if anybody knows Mathina James Brightful from Heal the Woman, Heal the Nation, you know that she's an amazing speaker. Mm. And so we call that the healing portion of the day. Wow. And last year's conference, she really dealt with daddy issues. Mm. And when I tell you there wasn't a dry eye in the room, I had over 100 girls in that really? room crying. And so from mm. my first conference several years ago, I learned that you can't open girls up like that and not have them prepared to really deal with it. And you got to fill so, them too. Once yes. you open that, you got to fill that, that so openness. I learned, you know, we had counselors and social workers on site. Um, so our home um, social worker and clinician is Miss Tracy Allen from Reclaiming Hope, who comes and does a session with the girls. Um after Mathana opens them up, then we, you know, fill them, fill them back in. Mm -hmm. um, we end the day with a male speaker who mm. actually comes in and sort of provides like affirmation to the girls. Like you are beautiful. From you a are man. a queen from a man's perspective. Beautiful. And so once we've opened you up and filled you up, we close you back together. Um, and the end of it is a crowning ceremony, which is my favorite part of the day because I literally crown each and every single oh, girl. This is amazing. Um, and so Queendom is, that's my baby. Um, I love that. Where is it held again? So it's going to be at the Morgan State University the on Morgan. March 12th. <laughs> I, um, I so shout out to Morgan for allowing us to come back. Bear life. Yes. Bear life. Um, life. But in addition to Queendom. Okay. We've done, it's called My Life Matters, mm. um, which is for the boys. Mm. And so did about two years ago. And um, Patterson High School was our filter school. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just an amazing experience. And the boys, they were so cooperative and so eager to just be filled and I'm so thankful for the speakers and everyone who came out and did my life matters and we'll actually be doing it again in 2020 so in the fall 2020. Mm. Mm -hmm. you're doing some great stuff Ms. Ms. Um, and so that is our only program that we really um, gear towards the guys mm -hmm. but you definitely can't Something of that magnitude, I just felt like there was nothing out there for them. Mm -hmm. And if you, one of my favorite professors at Morgan always said, if you see something, it's your obligation to do something about it. Mm. And so I tried to fulfill that gap. And there's always that conversation about, well, can a woman really know what a man needs? And so I do bring together a team of men mm -hmm. um, to really tell me, you know, what is it that they need? And I'm that conduit who goes out and gets it. And that's a beautiful you know, thing because there's a lot of thing. women putting out men. Let's mm -hmm. be clear. And they might a lot of these young boys are being raised by women. Mm -hmm. So but the blessing is you're bringing in men to actually give you some yes. direction. That's that's excellent. Mm -hmm. 
So you're you're doing everything with young people. Mm-hmm. So you have we know about the um non so you're a nonprofit mentoring program of we're course five hundred one c three and you have the ambitious girls yes and then you have the debutante cotillion mm-hmm. and that is a high school program yes for any high schooler any high school in Baltimore City. And that's when is that going to be? So we um, the first cohort will start in February and they will go from February to June. So and their is, oh, Africa okay. trip will be in July. Wow. February to June. And then so you take the high schoolers too. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the high schoolers who go to Africa. Who goes oh, Amazing. And that's when they're about to ascend. So mm-hmm. that, that's excellent. And then you have the Queendom One Day Conference. Mm-hmm. But we didn't talk about the princess. The So Poise Princess um, is our Christian curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, the same fundamentals of self-esteem, financial literacy, but from a Christian um, point of view. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, and do you do that yourself or that's partners with churches or? Uh, um, so... We go in and we um, partner with different churches. Okay. Um, they ask us to come in and we do the lessons and stuff at their sites with their girls. So it's, it's definitely it's an alternative. Okay. Um, most I've seen some churches try to bring in Girl Scout troops. Um, but the beautiful thing about, you know, bringing in beautiful butterflies is that you're getting, you're reiterating the lessons that you're teaching on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We're raising young ladies. Okay. And that poised princess is from what age? For, is any girl in the church? Any girl how, in the church. Any girl in the church. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you're touching girls everywhere. Everywhere. Oh, I'm amazed. So I need, I need poised. No, I don't, I don't need poised princess, but I might need the debutante, cotillion. What else I need, G? Mm. I definitely need that formal, informal biscuit <laughs> training. <laughs> right. You got to rename the program to the biscuit. <laughs> Right. I need, no, no stop. <laughs> no stop. I need posturing. What you said, posture? You gotta have right posture. Yeah, because I saw your shoulders. It so. is. Yeah. It is poise. It is. You do need the poise. poise and I grace. need poise. I need poise, princess too. Poise and wow. grace. I think you know what. Really, t- real talk. I think a lot of grown women mm-hmm. have not gotten this type of teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I came from parents who, um, particularly, were just trying to feed the family. Mm-hmm. And um, we ate together, but, you know, we passed the bowl around mm-hmm. and everybody take. But I don't remember no inside out in none of that, you know. And, you know, most of the time you just get the fork. Just get the fork. Like, maybe, yeah. Maybe you'll get a knife. Maybe you'll get a knife. <laughs> and I don't remember no you spoon. Cut, you cutting with the side of the fork. Yeah. And then when you <laughs> do, talk. it's kind of like on one side. It's yep. generally it's on all the on right one side. side. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you know, you talking teach about both them, sides. Both yeah, sides. That looks like that's some stuff I see on yeah. TV. Real talk. Both so sides. I think even grown women mm-hmm. <laughs> have not been exposed to this type of formal informal. I have no clue what that is because mm-hmm. I'm going to sop that gravy. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to that each time. You know, we're gonna get it together. We're gonna get it together. We're gonna work together. We're gonna get it together. Okay, we're gonna work together. I like that. <laughs> So, okay, so what is the trajectory for the program? What do you see? Because you have a lot of inside programming. Your mm-hmm. programming is tight. What do you, like in the next 10 years, so you've had 10 years of like data and, mm-hmm. and knowing what you did do and making mistakes. So for these next 10 years, what do you see your program being implementing or doing within it? So I've learned that a part of being a visionary and being a leader is really being able to 
evaluate where you are and where you want to be mm-hmm. and how to get there. Um, and so over the last nine so years, we have evolved so much in terms of what we offer um, that the next several years will be focused on perfecting what we offer. Um, we started out with it basically just being funded through my pocket. Um, and now we've evolved to the point where we have major grants, um, major sponsors, and we want to continue that on because I want to take 20 girls to New York. I want to take, you know, more than, you know, the average amount. And I love being, I will say a boutique mentoring program, but I would love to expand to the point where we are household name and that it's something that even if you aren't a part of the formal program, that you can come to Beautiful Butterflies to do one-off workshops um, so that we can teach you not to soft the gravy with the biscuits. She tried um, to come for me again, Jay. But, you know, those are just <laughs> some of the again. things. Steady coming. Steady coming. <laughs> like waves on the shore. So, I'm telling you. So over the next years, I will say that we're working on perfecting our model. Your model. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing because you've done the development mm-hmm. and you've tweaked, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. When you start something, there's a lot of it's tweaks. It's all about growing. And it's and this is and the learning. growth process. Okay. So I'm growing. I want to go from biscuit to cornbread. Mm-hmm. What you think? So the cornbread mm-hmm. can stop. No. So you got to do the cornbread the same way. The mm-hmm. cornbread is not big as the biscuit. Mm-hmm. So you got to stick that right in. But do you put butter on your cornbread? Anything that's available. See? <laughs> the butter, the juice. Mm-hmm. So the, they got to sit. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Same rules apply. Wow. You can't come down south. They're going to stop their plane. Like, ah, she can't come. Same rules apply. <laughs> Same rules apply. So you do this at home with your own family? Mm-hmm. So your mom, you. Oh, uh, my mom, like. I know she's like, mind your business. They be like, girl, <laughs> leave that to your class. I I'm know. like ready to eat. Because I stopped eating meat. And my mom was like, really? Yeah. You suck down meat all your life. Yeah. <laughs> you brand new now? Yeah, you got yeah. educated. You now you that is my mom. <laughs> that is my mom. mom. You educated, you can't eat meat like, now? Like, no. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she's like, you've been eating meat all... So she tried to slip me. I'm like, mom, I don't eat meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. But she don't want to hear none of that. You know, she's like, listen, we eat that meat was, in here. That sounds like me trying to get my mom to drink almond milk. Like, no. no my mom 2% and whole milk. milk is just fine. <laughs> No, they're not drinking that. Then mm-hmm. my mom like, listen, you gotta keep that. That's your own organic mm-hmm. stuff. Keep that over there. <laughs> Can't nobody afford it, but you can, mom. You can. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love. It. So this my life matters for boys. You're gonna do that this year. Yes, Ooh. we're doing it this year. Um, we are starting to put like the all calls out for presenters. Um, but we've had some amazing people come through. Um, William Thomas, we've had Dee Watkins come and Torre, both of them um, actually um, dropped their books off and spoke to the kids about their books, Sadiq Ali. Um, So I've been blessed to really be around um, some amazing black men. Shout out to Rashad Stanton. Um, who is kind of like my brother who, you know, helps me on the sidelines, get everything up and going. Um, but it's a beautiful thing when you can see black boys eager to learn um, and not trying to um, 
do things the illegal way, but are eager to learn new ways of doing something the right way. When you invest in children, it's amazing yeah. what you get out of it. You know, we keep telling them what they are, but mm-hmm. they're more than what people think they are. Mm-hmm. So taking the time out and having something from them, what's going to come from that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I see, you know, a lot of things for boys and um, that's out here, but sometimes you're not getting to every boy. Right. So if you're, if we, if we can have 50 programs for boys, we need to just have it mm-hmm. because, or for girls, because they're, to me. And there's enough room out here for all of us. It's enough That's room. the truth, sure enough. I tell people, there's like, a lot of programs. Well, let's do more mm-hmm. because we had 400 murders in Baltimore yeah. City last year. So evidently, we need some more programs. And a or lot of times some, it's something about else. what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot of times as adults, we think we know what kids need. True, um, true. But we really don't. We don't. We need um, to let them tell us what they and need. And you know, like the whole squeegee boy situation is a perfect example. Some of them are out there because they want to earn money so they can buy the newest Jordans. But some of them are out there out of necessity. They're taking care like of families. They're taking out care there. of families. Yes, and sir. so we need, as you know, the leaders in Baltimore, we need to figure out how we can accommodate these kids but who are really out here. The children. And it comes first from fear. Mm-hmm. This this white fear of these children, mm-hmm. and then the leaders now they 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 run around and try to appease people, mm-hmm. but these young people have issues. I don't understand why we why like a Jack Young wouldn't just bring them all together and talk to them. So when they had the meeting about the squeegee boys, they had the underarm all of these corporate no squeegee boys. Mm-hmm. So how do you make something effectual? For people you don't even let in the room with you. Mm-hmm. And these are black people running the city. So I don't understand what they're thinking. If you were a black boy, uh, maybe black Jack one wasn't. You think Jack Jack Aaron was a black boy? Yeah. <laughs> Indubitably. In, okay. So if you were a black boy, I would think that you would have some type of... Um, infinite knowledge mm-hmm. of what black boys go through. Mm-hmm. Even if you came up a different way, you can kind of understand. I said, you know, people say, oh, they're all out there together. Little boys hang in packs. They're like wolves. Mm-hmm. They all hang. That's what they do. And it's not something that they're looking to do something negative. They hang together. That's right. what little boys do. Young men do. So why are we faulting children for trying? Right. If you see them out trying to be enterprisal, now let's not find right. something to make them enterprisal. Right. No, now we're going to arrest our way out of this one. Mm-hmm. He said he's going to arrest a grandmother with the squeegee. Why are we doing that? And that is the reason why we make everything punitive mm-hmm. instead of really looking at the core problems and dealing with core problems and then finding effective answers right. for these core problems. And so I, the squeegee boy thing, I don't even understand it because I think yeah. I could solve it tomorrow. I can't. I think there's a Come whole lot room, of different talk. caveats to it. I am definitely for programs who have... Um, you know, the foundation of helping these boys who clearly have an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, to get off on their feet. But I also believe that these kids need to be in school. You can't be outside during school hours trying to raise some money. No, you need to be in school. But really, when I'm seeing them doing the day, they're not there doing the day. Mm -hmm. The older ones are there doing the day. Doing the day when I go... like after four, now you see the little young, young mm-hmm. ones come out. But I've never really seen them because they're usually, a lot of them are up here off of president. Right. 
And I'm going that way a lot. And I don't see them doing the day. I see right. the older young men doing the day. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what they're doing, they don't want to go to school for a reason, too. Mm-hmm. There's core problems going on with children. Right. And the schools aren't equipped for these kids. Right. See, they don't talk about that. They don't talk about no air, no heat. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about leaded water. They don't, they don't talk about broken down bathrooms. But you expect children to be able to deal with all of this and right. then deal with their lives at home. We really need to service kids. Mm-hmm. And if we don't find a way to do that, then we have these 400 murders. Right. And I think, you know, the city has really trying to take that step by incorporating more community schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and so shout out to the community school coordinators who are really just doing an amazing job trying I mean, to bring resources. Schools. What is that? So a community school is basically a school that invites different resources into the school so that teachers don't have to focus on being a social worker during the day that they can do their job and just teach. And so there are all sorts of type of resources that come into the school um, so that, you know, every need of the child is met. Whether but it's not it's patrolling mental, the school, not like, mm-hmm. okay. So. Whether it's mental, whether it is, okay. you know, there are some schools who are equipped with washer and dryers because kids don't yes, have clean clothes so they don't come to school. That. Yes. And so, you know, there are schools who have washer and dryers where families can come in and wash clothes, wash their uniforms and stuff. Um, there's mental health services. So a lot of the community schools that we have around the city are really doing, you know, a good job, but not every school in Baltimore is a community school. Right. They have like food pantries and yes. like all kinds really? of Really? Mm-hmm. I'm not I heard, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tinch Tillman right up the street is a, a That's community. a community Tinch school. Tillman, um yeah. Douglas Collington is a Collington, Collington Square, Square is a, mm-hmm. um so there are a whole lot of yeah, them. And that's good. That, that's excellent. That's something they should talk about mm-hmm. more. Mm, community schooling. That, that's mm-hmm. a great thing. So food pantry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, with the 21st century schools and, you know, the new buildings Mm -hmm. like Calvin Rodwell and them just got their new building. And so, you know, as we start rolling out um, these new buildings, like we really need to fill them with the resources to keep them going and keep the kids off the street. That's true. That's true. And and maybe there need to be some after school thoughts, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, kind of dealing with them after school, because after school, Mm -hmm. I see them just. So many kids like Douglas, when Douglas lets out, they hang in for a right. minute, you know, so it might be. So be... three to six is like that problem area when yes. kids get in the most trouble. And so um, that's why a whole lot more attention and funding needs to be put towards programs like Beautiful Butterflies, mm-hmm. who works with kids after schools to keep them off right. the streets and engaged. Yeah, it is. I know high school age is really tricky in terms mm-hmm. of, because a lot of times... They're just they, thinking about making money. Right. They're going to work somewhere, whether yeah. it's officially or unofficially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, they at that point... They don't they, want no after school right. program. They they have a kind of a, a economic need that they're trying mm-hmm. to meet somehow, mm-hmm. you know. And unless you're one of those programs who has the funding to pay kids to come to programming. They're not coming. You know, they're not. Well, yeah. One of the things that worked for us is there was a, a an entrepreneurial part of our program where they could go out. Like we do photography so they can do cover events and mm-hmm. sell T-shirts. And so there was a and they were able to earn money from that. Mm-hmm. So. You know, either paying them or creating a a space where they can earn 
um, some money right and interesting so to them one of the programs that i know about do more baltimore mm-hmm. has that same model and i think that's definitely amazing because you're teaching kids how to perfect their craft mm-hmm. but also how to use their craft to make money right the legal way right right um, jubilee arts has the youth in business which mm-hmm. is also um they they started a um, design and printing business mm-hmm. like the students started it and they run it and they they share the profits in it amazing so, mm-hmm. yeah if we these are the type of programs we need that's amazing mm-hmm. mm. so then you have projects um programs like project pay project um, what pay? project pay p-a-y-e mm-hmm. pathways to arts and youth entrepreneurship which is led by miss glenisha bass um, out in Park Heights, who mm. you know has that same model about teaching kids about entrepreneurship. I need to see Miss Colnisha box up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that project. P A Y E. Pay. Yep. Mm. She is also one of our um, speakers for Queendom. She does our business session every year, and the kids love her. She's the owner of um, Smart Steps Daycare Centers. I think she has like over twelve daycares throughout the city. Um, and so she herself is that's like my big sister and she is like a a beast when it comes to business and so Kanisha um, box up yes we need you yes that's amazing amazing I'm telling you, with this show, I hear such amazing things going on in the black community, but mm-hmm. it's it's suppressed. Mm-hmm. And that's why media is important to bring this stuff out. Yes. So another thing, do you have um, like people like with your programs, mm-hmm. do you have problems with attendance? So I will say more so in the school settings, um, you do okay. because the kids are kind of like. Um, it's voluntary. Whereas with community, they are, they're there because they want to they be want there. To be. Okay. Um, and so I've seen different programs try to do different models where they'll charge an application fee with the mindset that if you charge them something, they're kind of committed to it. But then it's like $20 and, and that's you know, cool. it's just like $20 no to nobody. Um, and so I've definitely have tried to keep everything free and make sure that programming is engaging and it's what the kids want so that they'll want to keep coming back so that I don't have to worry about attendance. Most of the time, the hardest thing is recruitment Mm. um, because when you're small and you don't really have that budget to really market Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, really just get the word out there that sometimes can be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found creative ways, whether it's been around word of mouth. Um, a lot of our alumni, they recommend you they know, family you. members and yeah. stuff to come in. Um, really partnering with schools has really been a big help. Um, we really have tried to focus a lot of our Funding has come to focusing on programming in Park Heights. And so, you know, there's a lot of different barriers that comes when you have to focus on certain areas. And so, you know, Park Heights is one of those areas where, you know, safety is in concern. So having program where people feel safe enough to walk or come to or, you know, just the social economics of it in terms of serving low income families and then really having 
them be able to commit to stand in programming. So there are a lot of different barriers to it. Um, but a lot of it is just really listening to the families and seeing how you can best meet the need. Yeah, because I just wondered about that. Because mm-hmm. if they don't come of like four or five times, do you mm-hmm. so can they not come again? And or? I definitely had this discussion with an, a lady from another mentoring program. How she was saying, "Well, kids will come in the very beginning, and then you don't see them until you're about to take your trip or till there's a party or something." <laughs> and that is true. I believe that. Um, <laughs> but you know, I really I can say that. Beautiful Butterflies has definitely been blessed in the sense that our kids stay committed. And I think that's all because we invoke youth voice. So we're giving them exactly what they ask for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they ask for it and you do it. And Mm -hmm. listen, you come into it because you ask for it. Mm -hmm. Mm, Amazing. Got anything, G? You good? Um, With with regards to the program? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, no, I, I think you it's asked really, some great questions earlier. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm listening, and and I at a, at a ten year mark, and we're we're sort of in a, a similar place with our program mm. uh, about ten years in, and we've gone through a lot of changes. So, I mean, you you're doing a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, a lot of great things, and um, I want you to commit to come back. Of you know, course. to talk about you know because you're having some things come up. So, um, come, and let's we'd talk love about to have it. y'all come and see us at Queendom and be a part of it. There we go. See, we'd love for y'all finally. to be there. See when I sat straight, <laughs> right? Yeah, you <laughs> got my foot down. You didn't get yeah, You put your outside feet on the floor. in. You see how that invitation came out of nowhere? That's what you got to do, G. Yes. Because <laughs> before yeah, she was she right. was messing with me. <laughs> got to act right. <laughs> I love it. You came in here mm. making rules, Miss Alicia. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and you know what you didn't talk about? What was that? Your blue. You're blue. You didn't say nothing about your girls. You know, I um, <laughs> I am a proud member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. Let's put it out there. Alpha Zeta Chapter. Um, I currently serve as the chair of our foundation, which is the Myrtle Tyler Faithful Fund. And so we are currently gearing up to um, award scholarships this year. Mm-hmm. And so for graduating seniors, I... You know, invite them on February 1st to go to www.az1923.org and apply for our scholarship. Excellent. Can you say that again? Yeah, say it again. www.az1923.org. Okay. 1923. 1923. Yeah, that's that must be Zeta's. Well, that's the year Alpha Zeta. So okay. Alpha Zeta is the first and oldest graduate chapter in yes. Zeta. Mm-hmm. Mm. Learning right. story after story. Right, right. She, so you're doing community service even everywhere. Everywhere. Service is a lifestyle. It really is. Yes. And, and we have to we have mm-hmm. to serve. It's, it's so important. So we do this with everyone. Because oh, you don't straighten us up. We can't use biscuits. We got to sit straight. <laughs> it's a lot of rules around you, Miss mm-hmm. Alicia. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the cotillion. So the, we always ask our guests mm-hmm. if they have a talent. Ooh. And display this, you know, we got some poets, poet people drop poems on us, they sing. You know, you might be Cardi B. Cardi. Nope, definitely not Cardi. <laughs> <laughs> definitely so, not Cardi. So what is the talent you can give to the people? Hmm. Were mm. you quiet the first know. time? We stumped you. You did. Mm. I love I it. don't have all my resources. My talent is table etiquette. 
And you don't have a table set and in here. I don't here even want to see your talent. <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's move on. So I don't. She I don't, always got to mess up my, my game. Miss Alicia, let's move on because <laughs> you gonna embarrass me again. We are gonna move past that. So you don't have your. So that's your talent. Yes. Really? So you can set a table. I can set a table. Uh. And you know, teaching. Teaching is my gift. Teaching is your gift. Teaching is my gift. Okay. Okay. So you do teaching if they didn't pay you. You know, I started out as an education major. Um, but then I realized that teachers really don't make too much money. <laughs> they don't. And so I was like, oh, Lord, like I'm expensive. I need to be able to afford me. And so I, I, I became it. an English major because at the time I wanted to go to law school. And then I realized like, hmm, like they having a hard time. You know how much some loans are they got to pay back. So I need something that is going to actually make money like as off the gate. And so I um, stuck with English and, okay. you know, all my degrees work together. They do. Um, and so, you know, I love what I do. Policy was always my my goal. And so, you know, I love writing policy. It's do you like have? Fit yeah, that's a. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any political aspirations? So you know, I did policy, run. When I hear this, I did run for office in 2016. I so ran even. for city Ooh, council. Um, before that, I ran for central committee, um, and then I ran for um, city council, and you know, I lost both races, but. Really? It was it was such a learning experience, experience really? especially city council race. Like, what district? Right. Um, third. Third. Okay. Um, so, um, Ryan Dorsey is the current council person, uh-huh. but it was such a learning experience. Why, I'm still why I gave you that work, huh? You know, so you think I was you would like do it the again? only woman. And so really? I was, it was like seven of us. Um, Ryan, Jermaine, Marcus. It was a whole, it was a whole lot of them. Would you do it again? Um, Not no time soon. Okay. Okay. I want you to. You seem like a politician. Congress. Though. And maybe, and that's why I lost because I'm not a politician. You're not a politician. I'm a public servant and I don't like they're mixing different. the two. Yeah. I don't like mixing the two. And. A lot of times what I learned from that is money and popularity will win out over sound foundation. Or substance. And um, I'm still like on a four hour rotation. When I was running, I was literally only sleeping four hours a day and I'm still on a four hour a day schedule. And so... It takes a whole lot and you have to sacrifice and your family has to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at that age. I'm 34. My mom's like, am I ever going to get a grandchild? And so So it's time to look at family. In her eyes, like my focus has changed. Sure, sure. Um, Right now, I'm just enjoying my life, living my best life, traveling the world and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But that experience definitely added to me so that I can add to my girls in terms of it was a dream for me. And the worst thing you can do is not chase your dreams, whether you were able to obtain it or not. The worst thing you can do is not chase your dream. Right. right. What happens to dreams deferred? I don't know because I chase all mine. Miss Alicia. I chase all mine. That that's excellent. That's excellent. But I kind of see that uh, Mm -hmm. politician in you. Yeah, I worked for um, 
Senator Dolores Kelly mm. um, out in Baltimore County in Annapolis for four years. That was my first job out mm. of college. And she definitely instilled some very sound principles in me. And I really wanted to kind of carry the torch after her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the political climate for black women right now is so rocky. It is. Um, but there are some amazing black legislators mm-hmm. to look up to. And whether it's on local, you state, or federal, everybody loves Auntie everybody Maxine. Everybody loves Auntie, man. Like, you can't go wrong with her. Well, you know it. Um, <laughs> you but know there it. are some amazing black legislators. And, you know, that was my dream to pursue it. And not to say that I won't, you know, because further down the line. Because politics, to me, is an old older much you get a lot of mm-hmm. wisdom i mean young people are actually going into politics mm-hmm. now because there's so much problems and chaos and right. people looking for new opportunities but definitely i think it's a seasoned world mm-hmm. and you know you have time you're only 34 mm-hmm. so you know yeah president all of the presidential they're 70 yeah. 69 you know they, you they're know, not young this, folks this last cohort of legislators that just got into city hall you know they're all the majority young yep like christopher burnett is out there doing his thing yep love chris and love all that he's doing um some young folks up there yeah brandon yeah yeah some young folks um wow. shannon sneed um but so you're following me and i see you know names well, Shannon is actually my Emerge sister. Okay. Um, and so... Emerge sister? Yes. So Emerge is a program that trains Democratic women to run for office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first campaign, when I ran for Central Committee, I had no experience, no background knowledge in how to run a campaign. And I think I lost... Um, that campaign by like 400 some votes really? and as a transplant to Baltimore that was a big thing for me because I was like nobody knows me that's a um, big so deal. only to like lose by that much you know was a very big deal to me and so um, then I pursued city council and you know that whole experience in itself was definitely an eye-opener oh, sure. but as somebody young going against majority of everybody maybe it might have been like three or four people who were also in my race that were all older than us um i think the quality of the younger ones was definitely a good quality but who won the most popular yeah i knew it that's because i call it politics yeah because they trick you into thinking that your policy and your your platform and what you're going to do matters but at the end is who they like, mm-hmm. who got the most cash. Because it doesn't and matter who's if do the you, most favors. It doesn't matter if you went to public school, if you Please. went to college. They don't care about like, that. Like, I was educated by the public school system. Mm-hmm. And whether you've been to private school all your life and really can't attest to knowing what it's like to be in public school, mm-hmm. but you're about to help manage the public school budget. And Isn't that all, amazing? But it amazes me. Politics is something. It really is. And you have to 
I don't have the stomach for it because right. I, I don't think they're doing real work. Mm -hmm. I think they're, you know, passing the work around. And it's hard to do a re real work when you're on a time schedule. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you're going to be there for a certain amount of time right. and you have people who've given and you so money. And so you're focusing you're on, on with those people who what gave. you can do in that time and exactly. making those people who gave to you. And that's why I say I'm not a politician. I'm a public servant. Yes. Um, because at the end of the day, it's about the work being done for me. It's about the work. And that's service. That's right. what service is. So. But I, I see the politician in you, so, you know, because you done made me sit straight, <laughs> you know, put policy up in black box. <laughs> so, you know, you but came I to him feel giving like us policy. You can make such a great impact even without having a title. Mm. Um, you know, my name is just Alicia Joins and I'm just a black girl trying to make an impact on the world, whether True. it's in Baltimore or in Africa, wherever I go, I just want to make a positive impact. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to instill in my girls that you can be whatever you want to be and whoever you want to be, but you have to be confident in who you are and pursue your dreams. This is my, well, we, we got two questions. Mm -hmm. the, the last one, but this I have to ask. Where did this come from? Service doesn't, you know, you can, you have your MPH, you have, mm -hmm. not MPH, but you have MPA, MPA, MBA. and MBA. And, you know, you're accomplished, you're doing, you have your, um, you're in a community organization already, mm -hmm. that, and y'all doing communal things with Zetas. Mm -hmm. So where did this come from? Where is this thirst for service and helping others? Did it come from your home, your mother? Um, where did it come from? I think my parents instilling... Um, the love of Christ in me um, and just being in church and, you know, just wanting to be a servant and walking in that gift of service um, definitely has put me in this place and on this path in life. That's a beautiful thing because mm -hmm. I talk about Christianity here a mm -hmm. lot. And to hear that, you know, because it Christianity can affect people in different people ways, in different ways. Mm -hmm. And if it makes you want to serve, Mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing. And I think a lot of times people miss the fact that, you know, that's what Jesus Christ was. came to save the world, he was but a he servant. was a servant. He was a servant, yes. Yeah. And he, he was a servant. He said the least of y'all, mm -hmm. you know, the least. So to hear that, I know And if I was made in his image, I want to be a servant just like him. Excellent. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. So we two, we at the LYT, the LYT. Last will and testament. Okay. I need you to leave a jewel with the community. Okay. Um, so if I were to leave a jewel and it would be applicable to anyone, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter your age or um, your skin tone. You can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. Just mm -hmm. make sure you walk in confidence and pursue your dreams. Drop the mic. That was good. That's true. Love that. Miss Joins, Miss um, Alicia, you're a breath of fresh air. Thank you. I appreciate having you tonight. Um, what school did you graduate from, undergrad? The Morgan State University. That's what I'm talking about. I had to put that out there. <laughs> Bear don't, you, don't be jealous. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> so I just had to put that out there again, but that's a beautiful thing. And, and really, we say that, but Morgan, I've met some amazing people mm -hmm. from Morgan. I mean- being at Morgan and people who've graduated from Morgan and not because um, per se the school, because right. the school did hone what right. we're doing, but it's just, it seems that I've met people who are doing such great right. things and they graduate from Morgan. You I don't know, know where it came Morgan from. Morgan is a family. It is. And one thing I've learned. And so I mentioned earlier, you know, I started at Virginia Wes Wesleyan, which is a predominantly white school. It is. And 
I transfer to Morgan and there is nothing like an HBCU. Nothing. Nothing. Once you get in the midst of all that blackness, there is nothing. You almost it is don't just remember like, that other people are living. It is just like <laughs> watching, you know, you used to watch um, the Cosbys and that's C. Yep. Hillman. And you were like, oh, like, that's what this is. And just to be amongst your own. Yes. Now, once you're at Morgan and you're walking across the bridge, which is where the daily fashion show occurs, Boom. it's nothing like getting in the classroom and going toe-to-toe with peers who mm-hmm. challenge you. True. And I think that's what we do for each other. We challenge each and other. And also teachers who nurture mm-hmm. us. You know, they're not attacking. They're nurturing right. black babies and black mm-hmm. beings. So it was, incre- I know I talk about Morgan a lot, but it was the most life-changing experience. I grew yes. up there and it was such a life. And to meet other people and I see the things they're doing, I know it. Morgan has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And the camaraderie and the relationships that you mm-hmm. build there. So- yeah, G, we got to talk about Morgan. And I tried to, like, you know, bring as many of my Morganites, you know, together, whether it's their, like, speakers for events or my trainer is the a Morganite. Box. The box is yeah, a Morganite. Like, I tried, <laughs> Morgan, we're a family. Yes. And it's kind of like once, you know, one of my family members, you know, um, Mr. Harry Spikes is running for Congress. Like, that's the beauty of Morgan. Like, we're yep. producing leaders. Um, and Love so it. that's so true. We are producing mm-hmm. leaders, and Morgan's by open a medical school. Did mm-hmm. you see that? I saw. Mm, so he she did do her LYT LWT. So let's let's move on. But you know, I talk about Morgan all night, and <laughs> because I'm just really proud of that school it, from where I started and where it is now. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Yeah, I walked on campus. I was like, oh, y'all mad entitled. They are entitled. Like, you hear me? Mad they, entitled. They can. They have. Um, they do things that we could not do, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm. But I'm very happy though. And, you know, sometimes you have to suffer to see that happen. Yes. And I know someone who went to Morgan before me, mm-hmm. and she said we did things that mm-hmm. they didn't do. So now I'm saying the same thing. So, so to all alumni, pay your alumni dues so we can still see our Here school grow. Again. She's insulting me. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> we need to be a better family. <laughs> That's a problem with this I family. can just hear Miss Joyce saying, yo, but what about those alumni dues? Pay your yes, alumni um, dues. Hey, the pink pass is right here. But you know, it's not It's not just she, Morgan. This you, is to all graduates pink. of HBCUs. But you're right. You're right. Our HBCUs and I have to do better. are still the relevant yep, and they need the our 21. support. <laughs> she, since she's been here. From yeah. the door, she done got me sitting straight. Now yeah. I gotta go look at my finances. You're right, but I, and I yeah. said that to myself that I have to be a contributor to. Mm-hmm. The, I can't keep talking about Morgan and don't give any money, mm-hmm. but and I will, and I, I definitely will because mm-hmm. I, I see the growth. And I wanted to grow more, mm-hmm. and we have to do. But this you're for even doing your part, whether it's your time. Because I'm always talking about Morgan. The more no, you talk about you the school, and the more too. they want you to cut that <laughs> check. But talk. the more you talk about it, the more people get interested exactly. in going, and the more heads are in beds, and the more funding the school the gets. Heads are what? Heads in beds. Look at her That's rapping. resident's That's life. Talent. That's resident's life right there. That's what we used You're to right. say. Heads you got to have bed. heads in beds. You're right. I like that. But you know what? I talk about Morgan a lot. I'm not. I'm. I'm here to say I'm the alumni that doesn't have that's broke. So we're not giving any money yet. But I am. But I'm always marketing. You are not broke. Broke is a mindset. Look at her. She's always. You are not broke. I'm just playing. I have limited funding. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whatever you want to say, it all comes to. I'm I trying to pursue the dream that Morgan instilled in me. So once right. I get that dream to fruition, I will give back to the school that put through I, it. You know that planted that seed in me. Yes, exactly. So I do as much as I can from the marketing standpoint. There you from go. Morgan, real talk. So G, what you got? If you enjoyed this episode, I'm pretty sure you have. Make sure that you subscribe wherever you're listening right now, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, you can subscribe there. Also, if you are interested in sponsoring an episode of Black Box Radio, check us out at blackboxradio at gmail.com. I'll spell it B-L-A-K-B-O-X-X-R-A-D-I-O at gmail.com or at blackboxradio.com and see all the old episodes. And if you know someone who needs to hear this, share it with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Black Box Radio, and uh, come say what's up. That's right. Holla at us. We are definitely this year trying um, moving into collaborations, doing live events. So we're looking for community programs to partner with and um, also to show up with and to do great work in the community. So if you have any of that, also, again, as G said, look us up. Holla at us at blackboxradio.com or blackboxradio at gmail. Right? That's it. That's it. Ms. Joins, we really appreciate you. You have been a breath of fresh air. I love the way you straighten us up here. I'm sitting correct. My Thank posture you for is having better. Me. I just really appreciate you. G, are you going to eat that biscuit? Um, I haven't had a biscuit in a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to think about it. Like, I'm not going to. You're just going to put butter on the. No, 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 no. I, I know that the next time I'm confronted with a biscuit, you're going to uh, eat it, it correctly. No, I'm going to remember. <laughs> then I'm, I, I'm not do what I'm going to do. But at least I'll have a thought about it. Like, oh. uh, you're supposed to put butter on that piece. Right, right, Real right. Talk. You know, context, you know. <laughs> Like when you at when you at Popeyes, like <laughs> they don't give you the full formal table set in your dick. <laughs> You're gonna kill me. No, he didn't bring out the chicken oh, box. Wait, you know you can't that biscuit at the chicken they, box. They don't even give you utensils. At, <laughs> they sure don't. It's straight hands. <laughs> you, that is that is informal. Yeah, they don't even give you a, a utensils with a chicken box. They don't even got them there. I love you ain't lying. So that's a hard thing for Baltimore because they eat chicken. But see, we was on our way out and you start this foolishness. Right. <laughs> so we have enjoyed you, Miss Alicia. Appreciate you. And you have you. to commit to coming back. Let's I talk will. about this great stuff you're doing. And thank you very much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Black Box Radio, we out. Peace.